have been in a series called The Good Life, looking at the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus teaching his followers what it's like to, to live under his rule. But we started out January wanting to look at our mission statement, which we have looked at part of a couple of weeks ago. And we've been reflecting on it as a leadership and are uh, breathing a little bit new life in it. We've tweaked it, and we want it to be at the forefront of our minds going forward. And so a uh, couple of things that we've done to it, but I want you to see it for, for just a moment and uh, remind you of what it says. I, wanna, I want you to hear it again, and then I want you to say it with me again so that you get the cadence down. Uh, so obviously, we're here to help people. We want them to discover who Jesus really is, and live with, like, and for him now and forever. All right, let me say it again. Discover who Jesus really is, and live with, like, and for him now and forever. All right, you ready? Discover who Jesus really is, and live with, like, and for him now and and forever. All right. This is important because, as I've said before, your mission is why you do everything. It's why you do everything. It's why, you know, we went through a long period here of decades of people looking for their personal mission statement, their family mission statement, their business mission statement. Everybody's, you you, got to have a mission. Now, this mission has two parts. Okay, and I want to explain that. So you have this part here, which you discover who Jesus really is. And really, at the end of the day, what you discover there is what he has done to save people and how he has become Lord of the universe. Those are the two things you discover. Okay? How you come to discover that, very mysterious. It's a supernatural thing. It's not you just intellectually figuring it out. There's a a mystical part to how a person's eyes are open to that reality, that Jesus is Savior and Lord. That's the first part. It's mystical. But then there's another part equally comes with it. Once you discover that Jesus is Savior and Lord, then you learn a new life. You come to live a different way. That's the importance of that word. It's a discovery that changes everything about the way you do life because it is a life. Whatever you find about him here, once he becomes your Savior and your Lord, it changes your life. And you then live with him, like him, and for him. Now and forever. It's an eternal kind of relationship. So there are two parts. This one, as we're going to see, less mystical. You'll sit around and you'll wonder, have I given my life to Christ? I want you to know. You're either living for him or you're not. This isn't mystical. This is pretty straightforward. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. So that I want us to see. So there's two parts to it. And I want you to know that there's two parts. And this and is smaller I want you to know the and in the statement is smaller than it may appear. Because even though there's actually two parts to this, I also want you to know that they're very, very much connected. You don't have one without the other. They go together. If he's your Savior and your Lord, he will be your master and your teacher as well. All right? He's not going to be your Savior and your Lord if he is not your master and your teacher. That's what this part of the discovery is. So we learn from Jesus in this stage that he is our master and our teacher. They go together. If he's your Savior and Lord, he's your master and your teacher. So in order to sort of tease out here at the last part of this talk, I want to talk a little bit about discipleship. And we have to go to the mission Jesus gave us in Matthew 28. So let's start there. So the 11 disciples went to Galilee. Let's just read it real fast. Listen to this. 
The 11 disciples, there's only 11 at this time, go to Galilee. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. It's the end of Matthew 28. I can't even begin to, to measure the weight of this text. To all of us and each of us. So hear it like it's the words of a risen Savior about what to do now. So he meets these 11. He says, meet me back in Galilee. So they saw him, worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, or obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus has risen from the dead. Let's just get this, the feel of this. And he wants to meet back where the whole thing started. So in Jerusalem, now they're going back to Galilee. That's where the whole thing started. That's where he first met them. Uh, it's, a, it's sort of a geographical note. It's important because it suggests completeness. This little guy out of nowhere in Galilee triumphs. And now brings them back to this as a new starting place. You guys have abandoned me. You've, you haven't really fully understood me. But now that I've risen from the dead, let's get back here to the beginning. Start over because I'm handing the whole mission to you. So it's not just a sense of completeness. It's, the, it's a new beginning. But the realism of some of them weren't sure what to do maybe. You think about it, the guy you've been following for three years, you watched him die. And now he has risen from the dead. You've been told to meet him back in Galilee. Certainly you're wondering, well, what's going to happen now? How do we relate to him now? Is this real? And if it is real, what are we supposed to do? You might be sitting here today going, what are we supposed to do with a risen Savior? You may not know what to do with a risen Savior. And so Jesus is going to make it clear. And all these partial glimpses of the disciples discovering who Jesus really is. They haven't fully done that yet. Is he really Savior and Lord? All the partial glimpses now in the resurrection of Christ all become crystal clear. In this moment, back in Galilee, there's a moment where there is no more doubt about who he is. And he says to them, let me bring it all together for you boys. All authority in heaven and earth is mine. I'm Lord of it all. I'm Lord of everything. Universal authority. I've risen from the dead. I rule. By the way, say it every year. If you rise from the dead, you are in charge. All right? If you haven't done that, uh, your authority is questionable at best. All right? Or at least. I have all authority. But Jesus is saying this. Because what does that mean? I have the authority now as a, as a risen Savior to validate and apply everything I've accomplished on the cross. What I did on the cross now has meaning. I didn't die as a martyr. I wasn't just another would-be Messiah who came through. The resurrection proves that my death can rescue you from sin and reinstate a relationship with God because I've risen. And now that I've risen, I have authority over everything, even death. 
So Jesus is essentially saying, by saying that, I have made arrangements for people to be forgiven, to enter a relationship with God, to enter into God's life, experience life with God, have his life become your life. I have the authority to do that. That's what Jesus is saying. So the resurrection is the new life that comes from the redemption that's accomplished at the cross. They go together. You can't have the cross and not the resurrection. They go together. You can't have the cross, salvation, and not the resurrection, the new life that comes with it. That's the mission. They go together. That's why I made the point that they go together. You can't have the cross and not the new life that comes with it. All right? Otherwise, you know, Dallas Willard calls you you're vampire Christians. You just want the blood out of the cross, but you don't want anything to do with the life. You just, that's a blood sucker. So Jesus says, here's what I want you to do now that I am in charge of all, all of it. And I can save and transform lives. And death is no longer the enemy that I cannot defeat. Then this is what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to do, well, let's go ahead and put it right here, here. So that's the whole thing. There's, there's pieces to this. You know, but essentially, if you wanted to just put it all together in one statement, I want you to make disciples. I want you to find people who will come under that leadership. And if a disciple, what a disciple is, is a learner, and I want them to learn from me how to live. Go find people and let them know that the kingdom of God is open and that they can come under his Rule and into life with God. And I'm a, then he's going to explain to us what that looks like. Because Jesus is being crystal clear here. First thing he's going to say is I want you to baptize them. In the name, one name, three entities, three persons. All right, now, baptize them. This is the first time. This is sort of the initiate. The initiation. How do you get in? This is the beginning of a person's spiritual walk, baptism. So they get initiated in by this visual of the death, burial, and the resurrection of, in the water, going down and coming back up. In other words, if you just want the cross, you're going to go down and you're going to drown if you don't come up for the new life. You come up because there's new life. They go together. And so this is the first time, by the way, talking about clarifying who Jesus is. He tells them, I have all authority. And then he does something he hasn't done. We haven't seen this yet out of him. With four gospels, he is going to put himself in the center of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Looks like that. And here's what he's saying in this little statement. When I invite you in, what am I inviting you into? I'm inviting you into an eternal relationship. I'm inviting you into the inner circle, the divine inner circle, the environment for all that the universe is grows out of this dynamic and relationship right here. And I'm inviting you in. And I'm at the center of it. As the risen Lord, I am the center of the whole thing. Of what it means to be a disciple, what it means. I'm at the center of it. And he puts himself at the center of it. So we start to really clarify who Jesus is in this mission. You got to discover who he is. And then what you do. Then you start to live with him, like him, and for him. So now I understand my identity. Not only do I understand who Jesus is now, now I understand what I'm getting. I'm coming into this relationship. 
And then he says this to them. And once you come into here, you, you just learn. You learn life as it was supposed to be lived. And then you're going to teach them. You're going to teach them to obey, to guard everything that I've commanded you. You say, what's he been commanding us? Well, we're learning it in Matthew 5. You've heard of this command. I'm going to give you a new one. It's this. It's just it's me teaching you how to live. And you actually living it. That's what you're going to teach them. That's the part where they become the disciples. That's what's going to change their new life. They've entered into a new dynamic with me, and now they're going to be learning how to teach. And I want you to see, Jesus is the center of both parts of this mission. You discover who Jesus is as Savior and Lord. You discover that he is the Son who has risen from the dead, and now he is the master of the universe. He is the center of both of these realities. You come to see who he is, and then you come to live like him. Matthew 28 is putting him squarely at the center. He has risen from the dead. God has given them the authority to do that. So he is the center of both of those. He's the Savior, the Son. He is the teacher and the master. Everything I've taught you, you teach them. So in this text, you have more than Jesus is just Savior. You have him as teacher, too. So whoever comes into this relationship, whoever comes into this relationship, enters into an eternal reality. This is an e God is an eternal being. So the reason you get eternal life is because you become associated with something that is eternal. You're connected to an eternal reality. And it has a certain quality to it. It's not just that it's everlasting. It's ultimate. It's not just a temporal reality. It's ultimate reality. So your life is not just lasting forever. It takes on the quality of eternity. That's your new life. That's why it's now and forever. There are many times in the history of Christianity where people forget. We've actually promised people heaven and that somehow they could bypass, you know, this piece. You know, we'll, uh, we'll discover who Jesus is because we just want forever. We're not really worried about living for him. We just want to live forever. You can't live forever if you bypass this piece because you start living now. You, that's what this is about. You don't wait till forever to start living for him. That's been the mentality of Christians, Christians for a long time. It's the reason why we have a lot of people who, who will claim to know Jesus, but they don't live like him. They just want heaven later. Well, you can't have one without the other. You don't just get heaven as a gift. You get eternity, and it starts now when you come into that relationship. So what does this mean for us? Well, this is where I want to get practical about our mission and what it's about. So everyone who enters this life, uh, this Christian community, this is the, really the important thing. This is the part that's not that mystical. Uh, let's go here. Let's go right there. You become a disciple. It's not very... You enter a school of learners. You become part of a group of learners. If you're a follower of Christ, if you would call yourself a follower of Christ today, you basically are part of a school of learners, a community of people who are learning how to do life, eternal life. You start living it now. You live it right on into eternity. You don't start living it when you get to eternity. You start living it right now. Uh, so we have entered a school of lifelong learning. Now, 
This is really important. This is the arrangement that God has made for those who would follow him. It's not something you can sidestep, as I just pictured a moment ago. You can't ignore it. We connect with other people who are able to model and teach and instill in us the way Christ expects us to live. It's how he did it, and it's what he's told us to do. This is a very, very critical spiritual dynamic. Some of what it means to know God and to be a disciple, you can learn on your own. But a vast majority majority of it will have to be taught you. This is not a... That's the reason Jesus says, baptize them and teach them. So we've got a lot of people who got baptized but never got taught. Never entered into the critical dynamic and arrangement that God has made for people who come to know him. Okay, so the 11 who some doubted, once they encountered him, recognized who he was, they took on the mission, they decided they would do it. It seemed like the only choice that made sense, and I think it's the only choice for any of us that makes sense. We're talking about the risen Lord. If you rose from the dead, I'm going where you're going. And I don't ever want anything else more. And Jesus says, uh, yeah, this is what I want you to do, and uh, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. I don't care. I wish Jesus would have gone into a little statement there, you know. He'd say something like, uh, you know, about 2021, you guys will all be nuts. The whole world will be nuts. And then it's going to get really bumpy. I'm not sure how you're going to be feeling, uh, but I'm still Lord of the universe, and the mission hasn't stopped till the end of the age. It is as close as it looks. It's not over yet. Amen? It is not over yet. Um, um, so here's what I want to say to you now, just between us here. It's surprising how, how many people never really get into this arrangement. This was the arrangement that our Lord and Savior said it would take for you to learn the life that I want you to live. You're going to have to connect with somebody who can teach you this life. The same way you guys have connected to me to learn this life. You can see how hard it was when you guys were connected to me to get it. I need you to connect to other people to get it. Uh, again, there's not two groups here. These days, um, something I've noticed, and I've mentioned it to you many, many times, is that we have these master classes. Have you heard of these things? You can get them anywhere, master classes. You can learn anything, basically. Because uh, now experts in any field have put their material uh, and offered an opportunity for you to connect with them and learn from them, to be a disciple of them. And so uh, we have these master classes, off, people offering their genius right at our fingertips, these brilliant, capable people. Uh, and we're always looking for new voices. You know, I say it all the time, new podcasts, new information. Uh, we seem almost willing to learn from everyone or anyone but Jesus. the one who is master of the universe, the one who is never wrong. I just listened to a master class. I was shocked. I won't tell you who or what. I was like, that's not master. That's not master. I didn't like his arguments at all. I didn't like his approach at all. Uh, 
I listen. I, you know, I have people in my life that I really enjoy listening to. I love them all. Like my kids for Father's Day got Colin Cowherd. You know that celebrity get on, make a video for you? Colin Cowherd, who I listen to, you know, I like to listen to him. They, he sent me a personal message. It was so sweet. <laughs> and now we're friends. We really are. We're really great friends now. Uh, and, um, you know, I listen to him, and, you know, every week he has a little, pot, a little part of his uh, deal that says, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. Yes, Colin, because you are not always right. And uh, I like Jordan Peterson, too. And for Christmas, the boys got me set up to go see him here in a, in a month or two. I don't know when it is uh, to go backstage, meet him and everything. That was my Christmas gift. And uh, I love him. I listen to him quite a bit. He is not always right. I fear that you might not be that taken by Jesus. And you believe that achieving or learning something from someone else would be more profitable for you in this life than from him. That's not what a disciple is. Our culture knows this about us. By the way, I just recently watched a commercial while I was laid up. By the way, I need a sip. Of, I need something. Um, I want you to watch this commercial. Watch this. Go ahead while I drink. <laughs> amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. And of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that. You deserve to save. <laughs> Heard that before. You deserve to save. I know. I need you to hear me. You deserve to save. I deserve to save. I mean, he has a way of making you feel seen. Bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com. Did you pick up what I'm picking up? Even from a lizard, we will be mesmerized. And by the way, who in here doesn't want to save on insurance? Right now, today. Who's got that information? I'll take it. Is a lizard? I'll take it. We'll follow anybody. I'm having quiet time this past week reading through John and reading through Luke. By the way, if you haven't read through the Gospels lately, stop whatever you're doing. Ah, I'm just mush. And Jesus, you know, I see this commercial, and then Lazarus dies. Mary and Martha are torn up. Jesus isn't around, and he finally gets there, and Mary, Mary, who you just gotta love, Martha. What? Where were you? We, you know, I know anything you say. Jesus says, look, he's going to rise again. She says, I know he's going to rise again one day, but I just, you know, Jesus stops her. Stop with the one day. I am the resurrection and the life. He who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And when he said that, I was like, you think that lizard had good information? Do you really think that's good information? That thing's useless at a funeral. Useless. This is how, that's how a disciple interacts with Jesus. You take the thing that just happened to you and you go, who do I go to with that? Who do I help me figure this out? You go to him. That's where you go. That's what a disciple would do. That's why this isn't difficult to know. Uh, it shouldn't be hard to figure out if you are a disciple or not, because that's who you go to for information, then you do what he says. That's when you know you're a disciple of somebody. 
Uh, if you do what Dave Ramsey tells you to do, you know how many people have gone through that class and are not doing what Dave Ramsey said they would do, said to do? Then you're not a disciple of Dave Ramsey. You went through the class. You're smarter than you've probably ever been. But you don't do anything with it. Then you're not a disciple. So we, we do think because we went through the class, we're a disciple. Now, this is how a disciple thinks. I don't believe Jesus has a segment in the podcast every week that's where he was right and wrong. I believe, every, I believe he's right about every single thing he said. That's the first thing I would ask you. Do you believe he's right about everything he said? And if I don't believe it yet, and I promise you, there's some things you'll struggle to believe hanging around in. Then you're like, but I want to believe it, baby. I want to believe that. And I'm working to believe that. I'm captivated by him, his views, his values, his life, his confidence, his perspective, his concern for people, the way he views what values, treasures. And I want to integrate my life into it. I want to think like he thinks, believe like he believes. That's a disciple. That's what this means. Well, how do you do that? You might be sitting here going, you know, Jesus is not my favorite guru. If you asked me, what guru do I listen to every week that I actually do what he says, then you might say, Jesus really isn't my guru. I listen to a lot of people. I probably listen to more people than I do Jesus, number one. And number two, I don't do a lot of the things Jesus says I should then then something's missing in that dynamic. Maybe you took the class, but you're not living it. Well, Jesus has told us what the arrangement you have to make in your life in order for you to do that. Otherwise, you just sort of flounder around in your spiritual life if you never make it to the with and the like and the for. Then you just never, ever get there. And by the way, you, you talk about it's hard to live the Christian life. Yeah, it's really hard. But it's really, really hard if nobody's showing you how to do it. It was really hard for the disciples with someone showing them. How do you expect to do it floundering around out there by yourself, figuring it out all alone? You can't do that. This is an arrangement. This is why it's not complicated. You attach your life to him because your actual life needs to be lived. This is what I want to talk about for just a second, just for some fun. Do I sound mad? I'm not mad at all, I promise. I'm just excited. I love, I just love what Jesus is offering here. And I know for a fact that many of us are, are pursuing all kinds of gurus but him. Uh, so I'm just pumped if you're, if you're new and you're like, I don't think I like that guy. I don't want to get all Jim Gaffigan on you right now, but I... That means your actual life. So I want to talk about that because I think we're misunderstanding what this means. Uh, your actual life. I don't know what your place is in life, your issues, your circumstances, your station, your connections, your personality, your age, your struggles, your pains, your neighbors, your talents, opportunities, vocation, whatever it is you're dealing with. Jesus wants in on that thing. And whatever it is, he wants to change it and transform it into what he wants it to be. That's what he wants. That's why, this is, how, this, is how Mark, this is how Mark puts it, and it's just so amazing. He appointed the 12 so that they might be, look, with him, and that he might send them out. So if you're going to draw that, Here's what discipleship is. You start out, first thing is with. Yeah, how you like that? Uh, wow. 
so that he might send you out. That's what it's for. Because you live for him your whole life. Whatever it is you're doing in your life, whatever's happening in your life, it's all for that. That's what the for is for. And you say, well, what's in between that? Uh, you be like him. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant, of, servant above his master. In other words, you don't get the easy road. You follow him. It's enough for the disciple to be, there it is, like his master. Live with him. Why do I want to be with him? So that I can see how he lives and I can live like him. So that everything I do, I do for him. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's why this isn't rocket science. You either are or you aren't. So what is it? Let me quickly... Let's talk about the with, the like, and the for. Just briefly. The with is the relationship side of this thing. Jesus says, I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. Because if you're with me, you'll see. You'll see my facial expressions. You'll, you'll hear the tone of my voice. You'll see what I actually do, what I don't do. If you're with me, this is the reason, by the way, we arrange to be taught by anybody. We have to be with them. We've got to be in the class. We've got to walk down the road with them. You want guitar lessons, Spanish lessons, what do you want? Sit down with somebody, they'll show you how to do it. You be with them, and they'll show you what they do. Then your job is to go be like that. Go do it yourself. So this is the part where you say, how... How do I develop a with kind of a relationship with God? If you're sitting in here and you have some question about that, you need to get with some people who do. Not sit around hope you can figure it out by yourself. And I'm talking about sit around. When I say the with, I'm talking about relationship. Because relationships first. God wants you in relationship with him before he wants you doing anything. So be in relationship with him. What does that mean? How do I wake up every day wanting to hear from him? Letting his word, like, grab a hold of my heart, affect my feelings and my thoughts, determine how I'm going to live my life today. If there's not a dynamic of that happening in your life, because you don't know how to do it, then you better connect with somebody who does. That's the best way to learn that. Do you know how? Do you know how to connect with him in a way every day that it just begins to just shape a dynamic that, like any good relationship in your life, you hardly think of anything in your life without thinking of him. And then you be like him. The reason I'm with him is because I want to know him and I want, to, I want his character to sort of take over mine. I mean, I want to approach everyday life the way he would approach it. That's the reason I'm with him, so that I can learn from him, to be capable of loving like him, living like him, serving like him, responding like him. We're going through Matthew 5. How are you going to do that? You've got to be with him. And then, you, then your life starts to take on the characteristics of it. My, I have a couple of kids who play instruments. You know, they're musical. And, um, uh, but my first child wanted to play guitar first. He's the oldest, and he, he wanted lessons first, and so he tried it. We got him a little cheap guitar, put it in a case. It was cool as heck. I'm going to have a son who plays a guitar. Took a couple lessons. Loved to carry the case around. Loved to carry the guitar around. Carried it everywhere. We just let him bring it with us. But he was, my, he was more of an athlete. And so he just... He would sit down with the guy teaching him guitar, put the guitar in the case, bring it home, set the guitar case down. If there was a need to pull it out to be cool, he would take the guitar case out and show everybody he has one. And it is cool, by the way. But if you can't play it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and he just didn't practice. 
That's what it feels like for some of us in our discipleship. We have this thing. It's an incredible thing. We never do anything with it. So we're not capable of living like he lived at all. When he says, I want you to be like me, I want you to think like I think. You got feelings right now? How many of you, if we assess a little bit of monitor on you, we, 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 what kind of feelings you're having in your life right now? I bet there's some really crappy feelings in here. I'll bet there's some really hurt feelings in here. I'll bet there's feelings of anger. I'll bet there's feelings of pride. I'll bet there's feelings of confusion. We got feelings all over. There all kind of feelings we would have in here. Is God in control of any of those in your life? Are you saying, God, I need you to tell me how to feel here? That's what I'm talking about, the master of the universe. By the way, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is capable of handling even you. And your feelings. Uh, and then the four. You, know, you get up, all of a sudden your life, you're consumed with him. Pretty soon your life shows it. People see it. And then you're living for him. You don't just go to work every day to make a paycheck. You, you go because you want to impact people. You don't just do anything anymore without thinking to yourself, how can I impact people? How can I show people who he is? And, and serve him. I, want, I partner with God. So I have his presence when I'm with him, and then I, I imitate him, and then uh, I partner with him to see other people, you know, come to know him. That's the reason I had us read the disciples' names. I wanted you to hear them again. Because if you just read that simple list, you will come away with this. You'll, you, you'll think about this. Some of them were from a certain place. Some of them had certain personalities just in their names. Just in the description of their names, their experiences, some of them were unknown. We've ne we still have never known their impact. We will one day in eternity. Some of them, their politics were an issue, their age, their family, their relationships, all was in that. And it was as if Jesus was saying, I want in on all that stuff in you. You, got, you, you are zealous about something? I want to be a part of that. You got that guy as a brother? I'm sorry, but I'd like to help you with that. That's essentially what Jesus was saying. You grew up believing that all your life. Your father instilled that idea in your head, and you're still, I'd like, a, I'd like to be a part of that. Everything about your life. You crusty? Are you traumatized? Are you an introvert? Are you frugal? Are you reckless? Are you bright? Are you dumb? We've met him. Don't act. It ain't you. Are you unattractive? Are you attractive? How does Jesus help you with either of those? Because I can tell you, both of you need help. Both need help. Are you gifted? Are you average? Are you dirty minded? Are you lazy? Are you naturally addicted to stuff? Are you sweet? Are you a snot face? Some of us are snot faces. Some of us are just sticklers about everything. We're just sticklers. And some of us are just really loose. Jesus wants a part of all that. And he just wants to, he just wants to change it. He wants to come in there and, and, and watch this stickler ease up and watch this loose tighten up and watch Krusty become a little compassionate, you know, before he dies. Jesus wants in on all of that. You love certain things. You're passionate about certain things. Jesus wants in there. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> uh, I was with the high school kids. I'll... I'll Keep it light here real, real quick here. It's not light. Jesus wants in all of that stuff. How many of you are just looking at your life right now? And you know, I, I can see a bunch of stuff about me. I know who I am. Let me see your hand. I know who I am. Are you letting Jesus in on any of that? Like, I don't care if you're, you're married, you're a CEO, you're a delivery driver, you're a teacher, you're an only child, or you come from so many kids, your parents forgot you. It doesn't matter which one you are. Jesus wants in on that and wants to help you be the best person you can be in that situation. When I, was, when I became a Christian, I was 14 years old. 
Christ came into my life, and it's impossible for me in just 30 seconds here to tell you what kind of a kid I was fully at 14. But my family life was a mess. And so I fell in love with sports. It's why I woke up every day from the, from the time I could walk. It's all that mattered to me every day. Nothing else mattered to me. The other thing about me is I was shy. I was so shy. My mother used to help me make friends. She would go down the street with me, down our block, and she would tell kids they ought to get to know me. When it came to girls, as early as I can remember, I felt like a ton of bricks, like if a girl didn't like me. I wasn't like girl crazy, like I wanted nine girls all the time. I just wanted always just one girl, and my heart would get attached, and it would get broken all the way through high school until I came to Christ. I'd fall like a ton of bricks. I'd think, this is what i got to have in my life. And some of us are like that with relationships, you know. And Christ came into my life, and I remember my dad teaching me. I was only 14, but all of this was true about me. And all of a sudden, sports can't be the most important thing anymore. I didn't know how to live a life without sports at the center of it. It kept my head out of thinking about all the other stuff. And I was shy. And it wasn't just, it was months after giving my life to Christ that I was leading music. <laughs> in front of a youth department and teaching the shy kid you had to, who had to make, needed help making friends because Christ came into that shy kid and gave him a reason. And then, you know, I had a stepmother at this time because I moved in with my dad and he's newly married and she was young and, you know, she made me eat beets. You know, I, I grew up on McDonald's, man. A, I was wanting to move back with mom because I had to eat beets at my dad's house. And I had to be respectful of a gal that I didn't really know that well. I, we weren't connecting. And now I have to figure out how to be respectful to her in this house at 14. Does Christ have anything to say about that? Better believe he does. I was eating beets, brother. <laughs> and then I had a girlfriend. My dad told me, first thing he told me when I became a Christian, you know that girl you're dating, Tammy, you ain't going to be able to stay with her long. And he giggled. He said, not if, you're, not, if, not if you're following Christ. And he knew it. And it wasn't long. It wasn't long. It was like he predicted it. Got with her. Went over her house. She wanted things I didn't want. And I had to leave there and the whole ride home. I'm thinking to myself, my dad was absolutely right. We want two different things. I can't be with you. This is what Jesus is saying when he wants in your life. I don't care if you're 11 years old, 9 years old, 4 years old, 30 years old, 60 years old, 85 years old. He wants in on all that mess of yours and he wants to transform it. And all you have to do is follow the arrangement. Get connected to somebody who already knows how to do those things. Listen. I had Kirk in my life who put me up in front of people even when I was shy. I had my dad in my life teaching me scripture and pointing out things, you know, you can't keep doing that. That's going to have to change. You got somebody in your life going, that's enough of that, big boy. Uh, I had a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend who was far, much farther along spiritually than I was. She taught me how to relate to girls. She taught me how to be a spiritual leader to a girl for the first time in my life. I had to have somebody teach me. You needed to. So you're either sitting in here one or the other, and you're just like, man, I'd like to be learning from Jesus how to do this life. Or you're sitting here going, I don't want to learn anything from him. And to be honest, I don't want to help anybody else learn it. That's not a disciple, by the way. 
You want to know if you have the heart of a disciple right now? Just answer these two questions. I want to know how to do those things. And then I want to be able to turn around and be the person that somebody else learns from. That's it. It's, it's very simple. And let me just tell you about this church. Let me tell you something about this church. We are far from perfect. Every week we screw things up. Every week somebody's mad at us. But I will tell you something we do do well. If you want to learn who Jesus is, we can show you how to do that. And if you want to help somebody else learn how to do it, we can do that too. Daniel, why don't you stand back up again for me, Daniel? Daniel's the pastor of discipleship around here. We actually pay a guy. I don't know if you guys knew this. We pay a guy to be in charge of that. You better get to work too, big daddy. And he's good at it. So if you want to know, then you should be flooded today. You ain't even going to go home today because everybody's going to want to know how to do it. All right, let's stand to our feet. We got to get out of here. Oh, yeah, we do. All right, so that's our mission. That's why we exist. All right. If you're sitting in here today and you go, I don't have that relationship with God at all, and I want it. Please don't leave here without telling somebody. We've got people in the corners over here in prayer. Just tell one of them. Tell a staff person. Tell somebody you know around here. Don't leave here without saying, I want that. All right. Father, we're grateful for your word and for what we have. And for the opportunity that every one of us can have to come into that school of lifelong learning. To know you, love you, and live for you now and forever. We're thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen.